Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. What a great weekend of NBA playoffs. I'm going to get into a lot of those games. I'm going to get into tonight's two games, Net 76ers. Can 76ers take a 2-0 lead? And then Warriors-Kings, how do you follow up that epic game one, the back and forth, uh, Warriors-Kings? Uh, but first, to get before I get into the NBA playoffs, been a breaking news on the NFL side today, and that was the Eagles and Jalen Hurts agreeing to a two hundred and fifty-five million dollar deal. Uh, it includes a hundred and eighty million guaranteed, uh, which I like because it's not a fully guaranteed deal again, which Lamar Jackson is wanting. So seventy-five million of it is not guaranteed. I like it. It's also the biggest contract in terms of average annual salary. Annual salary. Uh, he now makes fifty-one million a year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is slightly behind him at fifty point three, and Russell Wilson at forty-nine million. And I like this deal just because the quarterbacks I just named, Jalen Hurts, right now is a better quarterback than both those guys. He's a better quarterback than Russell Wilson at this point in his career. Same with Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career. I'm not talking about the totality of their careers, but just right now, Jalen Hurts is a great, great player. So I'm fine with that number right there because it's not, you know, super high like Dak Prescott's was, uh, you know, towering over Patrick Mahomes. And I also like this is he doesn't get the most guaranteed uh, ever. Deshaun Watson is still sitting at $230 million guaranteed. Kyler Murray got $189 guaranteed, and Jalen Hurts, again, $179. So 10 less than Kyler Murray. And I like Jalen Hurts a lot more than Kyler Murray. Uh, the more I look at this contract, the more I like it. Uh, the Eagles did great. It includes a no-trade clause, so it protects Jalen Hurts uh, from stuff that, you know, uh, try to trade him. You know, he'll have to say no to that, which I like. And then, uh, again, the $75 million that isn't guaranteed is mostly injury-related, which I get he hasn't really been dinged up, but, you know, a few games he missed this year because of his shoulder. Uh, but this, to me, this is a great, great deal. Uh, Jalen Hurts it gets the highest contract in NFL history uh, when you really look at it. Uh, yes, it's the highest, you know, annual average amount. Uh, but it's not the most guaranteed. He's, you know, $255 million. It's generational wealth right there. He gets the bag. Uh, and I like it for the Eagles because you pay him now. Uh, to me, he kind of gave you like a hometown discount, not asking for more guaranteed money. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, but, you know, with uh, this Lamar Jackson contract situation, this was very surprising to me. Uh, so, you know, in the long run, it'll save him. And another reason I like the Eagles doing this, again, save some money, because you got this deal done before Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Uh, we were talking about those three right there, uh, including Jalen Hurts getting a lot of money. So the ability to get Jalen Hurts deal done first, because guess what? The Bengals offered Joe Burrow more money than this. Uh, Herbert will get offered more money than this. So look at this. Is now Jalen Hurts' deal will now be uh, not resetting. It's, to me, it's not resetting the quarterback market. Yes, it's the highest 
in Yule, but it's not like he gets the most guaranteed or anything like that. So I like this deal. Great deal by the Eagles. It's a great, great win. Uh, and to me, it's deserving. He was fantastic this year. If he didn't get injured those final few games, he would have won the league MVP. I thought he was very deserving. Uh, when Gardner Minshew was in, to me, it looked like, hey, uh, yeah, maybe we should just give this to Jalen Hurts because this is a different team uh, without him. Again, this year, 3,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, and just six interceptions. Rushed for 760, so he had more than 4,500 total yards, 13 rushing touchdowns, which put him at 35 total. Those are MVP numbers. I like those numbers a lot. Fourth in QBR. 11th in completion percentage, uh, reduced his pocket passing time. Uh, he is progressing. He's ascending. He's a mature quarterback. Uh, I like it. And he went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, and he played better than Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Uh, had the one uh, bad turnover, but he was fantastic. Uh, definitely worth this deal. I like it a lot for this team. For the Eagles, for Jalen Hurts, this is a win. All around, congratulations to both the organization and the player. Moving on to another piece of NFL news that came out Friday afternoon. That was Buda Baker, safety for the Arizona Cardinals, requested a trade. Uh, The request trade because he wants to be the highest paid safety in the NFL. Now, this one really... uh, I don't know if I should say it. It took me for uh, a su- it took me for surprise because uh, I thought he was a good like emotional leader. You saw it in Hard Knocks. He was kind of a leader of the uh, of the team, uh, and I just the other thing I don't like. He's not one of the best safeties. Uh, Ryan Neal. You know who replaced Jamal Adams for the Seahawks was a better safety than uh, Buda Baker. I thought Mika Fitzpatrick uh, was much better. You know the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew from the Saints was really good. Uh, Rodney McLeod from the Colts, Cameron Curl, Kevin Byard, Kyle Hamilton, rookie from the Ravens. I thought stepped up. Kyle Duggar was like you know fantastic in the in, in the Patriot system. Uh, Antoine Winfield from the Bucks, Derwin James. For the Chargers, Jesse Bates for the Bengals, uh, you know, Jordan Poyer for the Bills, Jimmy Ward for the Niners before he left, you know, even Malik Hooker for the Cowboys. I think I just named 15 safeties right now that are better than uh, Buda Baker. So if there's 15 players that your position better than you, you don't deserve to be highest paid. Now, you're a bigger name than some of these safeties, but you're not the best. Uh, now, to me, He's a very good run-stop safety. You can put him in the box. Uh, He does very well there. Uh, But to me, he's not a great pass coverage safety. Reading the field, that's not his game. Uh, So I wouldn't give money to a player position like this. And if the Cardinals don't pay him, uh, that's certainly a win because you don't want to tie up another four years of a ton of money for this. So if I'm the Cardinals, I'd let him walk. But, you know... If you're doing looking at it, you know, reversely here at an inverse, and from the outside looking in, it's a bad sign because people want to leave this organization. Uh, so you have a D Hop 
trade request that's still ongoing. Uh, you know, certain teams he wants to go to. And then uh, now him leaving, uh, a couple of teammates have still thrown shots at Kyler Murray. So none of it is a good look, and it's, like, attractive for players to want to come to your team in free agency, to be happy that you're drafted by the Cardinals. It's uh, – I don't know what the Cardinals are doing here. I don't know how the organization is run. I know they also have that cheating allegation and – scandal and harassment going on from the owner Bidwell. None of it is a good look for the Cardinals. Uh, my guess is they don't make the playoffs for the next three years. Three or Actually, with Kyler Murray's contract, I'm going to say four years. They don't make the playoffs for the next four years. They're kind of the new, maybe five, every new basement, you know, seller team of the NFL. Dead last in the AFC. They got the worst coach. In the division, they have the worst roster in the division. They got the worst general manager and ownership in the division. Uh, they got the worst everything in the division. So they are going to be worth in the division for the foreseeable future. I don't know when things will change, how things will change. Uh, but the Cardinals, they're a dumpster fire right now. Uh, just take your shots at the Arizona Cardinals. Pretty easy. Now let's move on to... Some NBA. Great, great weekend of playoff games. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, just, you know, a couple teams I won't go into because it's kind of easy work. You know, the Net Sixers, uh, you know, the Nets, or I mean, the Sixers kind of cruised. I guess, you know, it felt close at times, but uh, Philadelphia never really relented. The crowd was into it. James Harden was phenomenal to me. He turned back the clock. And Joel Embiid, of course, uh, was great. Led the team with 26 points. Uh, but to me, the key contributor was James Harden, who had 23 of his own. Uh, 7 for 13 uh, from three-point land. That'll do. Uh, that was a great win for the 76ers. Uh, Celtics made easy work of the Hawks. It was like a 30-point lead at one point. Yes, they only won by 13. I uh, got a lot, a lot of little lackadaisical in the third quarter, uh, but they closed it out. This is a good team. This is why I picked them to win the NBA Finals, because uh, they're so complete. They're healthy. Uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, again, to me, the best duo um, in the NBA at this point. Uh, Jalen, Jason Tatum, 25 points. Jalen Brown, at 29. Everybody was active and involved. You have Derek White. Uh, with 24 points, so again, very very easy for the Celtics. And then the other team, uh, they had it uh, easy as well as the Nuggets. Uh, Nuggets basically won by 30. I just dismantled the Timberwolves. Uh, everybody was firing on all cylinders. Uh, Jamal Murray uh, was engaged with his 24 points, um, and he led the team there. Only 20 points scored, uh, but you see the depth there. Every uh, starter was in double digits. Uh, if Nikola Jokic only scores 13 points um, and they still beat you by 30, uh, it's going to be a very long series uh, for the Minnesota. Uh, Timberwolves Denver is a very efficient team. They shot the ball efficiently. Uh, so, again, this is another reason why I picked them to go to the NBA Finals. Uh, they look like the best team in the West yesterday. 
But let's talk about some of the other games that were a little tighter. Let's start with the Cavs and Knicks. Knicks went 101 to 97. I picked the Cavs to um, win the series. Um, I'm still on the Cavs. I'm not picking uh, changing, switching. I'm not picking anything like that. Uh, but there are some con- concerning things because it was kind of self-destructive. Um, Donovan Mitchell uh, was fantastic, like he's been all season. Yes, he's had two missed free throws, uh, and that was really symbolic of the night for him. Uh, was the free throw percentage fifteen for twenty-one, seventy-one percent? I didn't like uh, the three-point shooting as well. Ten for thirty-one, only thirty-two percent. Uh, that is not going to get it done. And then the other thing was the rebounds. Uh, the Knicks had six more offensive rebounds. It really showed up late in the game when they could not get rebounds. Uh, the rebound ratio was 51-38 Knicks, and then 17-11 offensive, again, for the Knicks. That'll lose games. Uh, what I've been seeing a lot recently, and uh, it was once said by the owner, oh, owner of the Heat, Pat Riley, uh, you know, rebounds win your championships, uh, no rebounds, no rings, so... It's a very important aspect of winning championships because uh, it really does show the hustle, the heart when you're out there getting rebounds. So I believe the Cavs can win this. Again, that is a concern with the rebound, the toughness, and also the uh, forward, uh, specifically small forward wing position, is you have Darius Garland uh, and Donovan Mitchell, but Okoro, Dean Wade were absolutely terrible. They are a liability on uh, offense. You know, they just kind of let them shoot. And Okoro only had six points. One for six from the field, 0 for four from three. Uh, Again, Wade wasn't much better. Two points, minus 14. So that's something they'll have to shore up uh, there soon in this playoff series. But maybe this series will be closer than I thought. I picked Cavs in five. Uh, If I had to redo my pick, I'd definitely say Cavs in six. But I'm still confident in the Cavs. Next, Warriors-Kings. Uh, this would be a classic. So, originally I picked the Kings, or the Warriors, to win the series in six. Uh, and before this game, you know, kind of seeing the atmosphere lead up towards this game on Instagram and watching it on TV. Uh, the line and crowd of people outside the arena. Uh, how crazy they were in there seeing, you know, the cowbells and just the atmosphere, I thought... I really do want to change my pick before this thing starts um, to the Kings. I mean, I know the Warriors are on a road team, but this is going to be close. And it, to me, I told my brothers who are watching this, this is the best round one, game one, I remember uh, watching since possibly, you know, the Cavs. Uh, actually, no, my bad. I said round one, game one. So, yeah, this is to me is the best round one, game one, you know, I've seen uh, in a long time. This series to me has the makings of being uh, sort of like a classic. Uh, it could definitely go seven. I don't know if Warriors and Sticks uh, I think will be right, but this game was this game was great. Uh the teammates from Kentucky, fantastic. Deion Fox and Malik Monk, 
Uh, De'Aaron Fox with 38 points. He shot four for eight from three. Um, and then Malik Monk coming off the bench had 32 points. Uh, he made all 14 of his free throw attempts. He was fantastic. Uh, the teammates there, uh, Trey Lyles was four for six from three. Uh, so it was key because some of their best players, Sabanis, wasn't really good, wasn't, you know, engaged to look like. And then their other two shooters, uh, Kevin Herter and Keegan Murray, uh, combined 0 for 8 from three-point and combined eight points. So you'll take that. Uh, Steph was 6 for 14 from three. Uh, 30 points, he was great. Clay Thompson, 5 of 14, uh, 21. A little less, but Andrew Wiggins looked tired coming off the bench. He was engaged. Uh, but he was one for eight from three. Uh, he didn't play well. Uh, so that, to me, is key. Uh, and then you had the talk after, well, after a game, Draymond Green does his podcast, and he just says, you know, can't let a bench player like Malik Monk score 32 points. You can let Fox get his, but, you know, the 38 point, or the 32 points to Malik Monk is unacceptable. So is this going to be some bulleted board material for tonight? Is Malik Monk going to keep this going? I don't know, but I will say this game was, it was fantastic. It was, you know, great sort of pushing and shoving. Offensive rebounds, again, went to Sacramento. Uh, out-rebounded them on that front by eight, nine total for the game. Uh, Sacramento was also more efficient from a 337% to Golden State's 32. I think this is going to be a great series. It was electric. Atmosphere was great. They lift the beam, celebrate. Uh, what a game for Sacramento. Uh, hopefully they keep the streak rolling because uh, that was a fun game to watch game two tonight. Then I want to talk about the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Lakers have picked them in six. Still feel very confident about that. It was a great game, uh, and it was great because LeBron James – is the best player on the team. But for yesterday's game, he was the fourth best player on the team. Uh, Austin Reeves uh, was the MVP of yesterday's game, 23 points, uh, three for five from three, uh, made all his free throw attempts. Um, He was fantastic. Rui Hachimura coming off the bench, 29 points, five of six from three. Uh, Desmond Bain said afterwards that they said they would let Rui shoot it, and he gave credit for him knocking him down, but that was the game plan. Uh, don't know if that'll be the game plan moving forward, uh, but he was great. Uh, and then Anthony Davis, uh, 22 points, uh, team high, plus 27. Uh, defensively, he was great. He was in Jaron Jackson's uh, face when, uh, you know, when Anthony Davis was uh, Jaron Jackson's primary defender, uh, he put him on locks. I mean, it was great. Scary sight. Uh, before halftime when he said, you know, I can't move my arm, uh, but I'm going to give credit to AD uh, because the past month since he's came back from his last uh, big injury, he has played through pain. He's fought through it. He's been toughness. I really do think it's a mentality mindset. I think LeBron's pushing him. Darvin Ham is uh, getting his confidence up because the way this Lakers team is, now I know they're not going to shoot you know, 43% from three every game, that would be nice. I don't think Rui will be five for six like that, but this team is younger. They're very well constructed. Great team chemistry. I like this team a lot. 
and they beat Memphis in the game I expected the Lakers to win. Uh, now this game is mired by the injury to John Morant. Uh, scary sight taking a charge, going down hard, landing on his hand. Uh, that definitely uh, hurts. You know, he said his game two is in jeopardy. Doubts he'll play. He was kind of downtrodden after the game. He said it just feels like one thing after the another. If you remember, he got injured last year's playoffs, uh, I think game three, and missed you know, the rest of game three, game four, game five, game six. Lost that series to the eventual champions, the Golden State Warriors. So now he gets injured again uh, on a charge play, and I'll talk more about the charge uh, in just a minute. But again, this was a great team win by the Lakers finishing the game on a 15-0 run, you know, shot from the field over 50%, from three over 40%, uh, free throw line, uh, they were 14 of 16, out-rebounded the uh, Grizzlies by 11, uh, that'll help as well, uh, I mean, just a great win, this Lakers team looks looks dangerous. Now let's move on to the Heat Bucks. Uh, he won this game. I was very surprised, uh, you know, just at a glance, he won this game. Uh, but the biggest concern, you know, reason, two things. One was Tyler Hero broke his hand. The other was Giannis Antetokounmpo. To me, the best player on the planet left in the first quarter due to back contusions, again, uh, on a, in quotes here, charge play. And he got injured. A uh, good fight to me. I like the way Milwaukee was bonded with uh, Giannis not being in it. Uh, Chris Middleton with 33 points. Uh, I still thought the team was good. Bobby Portis, 21 off the bench. I thought they needed to be a little better uh, defensively. Can't give up 130. Uh, but Jimmy Butler, a fantastic game out of bio, was aggressive. In uh, Milwaukee has kind of played more games without Giannis than they ever have in a season. So I think they're used to it. Uh, you know, I still think this is a very... Uh, Good team. It's uh, very has a lot of depth, so I still think they can handle Miami. Considering uh, that Tyler Hero is out, to me, Tyler Hero is one of their better shooters, better three point shooters as a starter in the lineup. Uh, so now you've got a question: Is are you going to put Kyle Lowry in uh, at that spot? He's probably the next man to slide up, but it thins the rotation uh, even more, especially when you don't get. A lot of minutes from a Duncan Robinson. Now what you do uh, is well moving forward. That'll be interesting for Eric Spolstra to consider. Uh, but I just want to talk about the charge. Because after yesterday's game, uh, with Giannis getting injured on a charge and John Moran getting injured on a charge, people want to abolish a charge. And I get the concern because you don't want stars getting injured in a playoff. Uh, especially if AD were to get injured. It's like some of the best players people tune in to see Giannis and AD and John Morant. And when players are injured, it takes the intensity out of the playoffs. It makes them less entertaining. The value drops. It's like the AFC Championship game. And if there was no Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, and it was, you know, Chad Henney versus whoever the backup was or the Bengals, ratings do as well. Game's not as entertaining. Uh, question marks, asterisks uh, surrounding the game. Uh, so it's a bummer that these players are out. And I do think that the charge call itself should be reviewed, not that it should be abolished. Because I think 
the charge, you know, serves its purpose. You don't want anybody, offensive player, driving off with the elbow, creating uh, that contact. So that is still a charge. Uh, but to me, I draw the line uh, for a charge, especially Giannis's play, where he's in the middle of his move. He's driving downhill. He's about to jump to the rim, and Kevin Love slides over, and you basically undercut a player. And that less similar to Ja because AD was there. So again, with the case of Giannis and K Love, is he slid over uh, last second, and then when you undercut a player going to the basket with that much force and velocity, it makes it awkward landing because you have a ball in your hands. So if a ball flies out, it's how do you land? If you land on your hand like Ja did, you end up breaking your hand. If you land on your back like Giannis did, you have back problems and contusions. If you land on your elbow or shoulder, you cause a stinger, break something. So it's a it's a it's a dangerous play. So to me, the slide if a player's in the motion coming downhill and he, the defender's not already set, I think it should be a blocking foul, not a charge. Uh, I don't think the defender should be able to just slide. He has to establish legal guarding position before a player goes downhill and makes his move. So again, the case of Jai Anthony Davis was there already in the paint. Uh, he just took, uh, you know, he just set his feet. Jai landed awkwardly. Uh, that should still be a charge. But again, the case of Kevin Love to me was a little more iffy considering Giannis was going down. Kevin Love slides. Of course, that's a seat, but Giannis was already in that move. So it's a tricky thing to call. Again, I'm not for abolishing the charge, but I'm for looking at the foul, reviewing it, tweaking it to, again, protect players as they go to the rim so you're just not undercutting them and then they get hurt, the foul's on them, and it's you know detrimental, takes, takes the life out of a team. I'm not for that. So I am for reviewing uh, the call, I definitely think it should be reviewed uh, because if you look at it now, it's Grizzlies without Ja. They have no chance against the Lakers. You look at the Bucks against the Heat. Yes, they can win this series, but what if he were to be out longer? Could they handle the Cavs next round? What if he didn't play against the Celtics? Then, it's, you know, the Celtics have a free cakewalk to the final. So, again, I just want uh, the games to be even. Affair, and then I think just tweaking the charge rule, not abolishing it, uh, will make the product a little better. And final game I'll react to is the Clippers Suns. Pick the Suns in six, and it'll probably happen now. But I was very surprised at the outcome of this game. I thought Phoenix was going to win a close game one, and they ended up losing. A close game one. Uh, this, you know, matchup was great because you had Kawhi Leonard against Katie, first time going up against each other since the NBA Finals in 2019. In uh, both players were great. To me, Kawhi was the best player on the floor last night. Uh, playoff Kawhi to me has always been a touch better than playoff Katie. Uh, Kawhi elevated his game: 38 points, five rebounds and five assists, uh, three for five from three. Lethal mid-range, 13 of 24 from the field. He was great. Uh, Russell Westbrook, 
offensively, uh, is I, I don't know if I say offensively, but shooting wise, he was terrible. A uh, three for nine, one for six from three, uh, terrible. But offensively, defensively, hustle wise, he was great. You look at rebounds; he had eleven rebounds, six defensive rebounds, five offensive rebounds. Uh, he had you know more offensive rebounds than anyone else. Zubak had four. Uh, and again, uh, those four were also more of an eight. Aiden, who had one, Chris Paul one, Torrey Craig one, Booker one. Actually, Aiden had zero offensive rebounds. And to me, this is the biggest concern against the Suns is Aiden's softness in the playoffs. Again, zero offensive rebounds, especially late in the game when it was tight and Russell Wilson was crashing the net, getting those offensive rebounds. Uh, I'd like to see Aiden with a bit more hustle. Uh, box out other players and just grab that rebound. I mean, to not have an offensive rebound and you're the tallest guy on the floor, uh, it is a problem. Uh, so I just want to leave that there because we saw DeAndre's playoff performance last year. Didn't start off well so far this year for him. Uh, KD, 27 points was great. Uh, first quarter wasn't good. Second quarter, turn it on. A third quarter continued, and then fourth quarter, you know, didn't make a bucket or really take a shot the last five minutes of the game. I don't think that can happen considering he is your best player. I know Booker's kind of like the star of the team, the homegrown star, uh, but you want to give Kevin Durant more shots. Uh, there should be no way Aiton takes more shots than KD. Uh, Torrey Craig attempts three less than KD, unless you're very open, good looks. KD needs to be the closer, close this game out. Uh, and he didn't do that. I'll put, play some of that blame on Chris Paul. Is the quote-unquote floor general? He's got to be able to give KD the ball. He missed a few layups, mid-range shots that, again, years ago Chris Paul would have made them. But if you've been watching Chris Paul this year, those are shots he's missed. He's two of eight from the field. Not great. Uh, again, Russell Westbrook, the offensive rebounds, the hustle, Eric Gordon. Uh, making timely threes. Uh, Ty Lu showed why he's one of the better coaches in the league. Ugly game. Both teams shot below 50% from the field, just around 32% from the three, you know, 79% from the free throw line. Uh, but the key was the rebounds. Nine more offensive rebounds for the Clippers. Uh, again, they hustled more. They really wanted this game. Uh, and then down there late, they didn't double-team Kawhi. Uh, they switched everything, uh, which I'm fine with. Uh, but you knew Russell Westbrook didn't have it going. Um, I don't know why they still had a man dedicated to Russell Wilson and didn't do the, you know, Lakers uh, defensive strategy of a bubble or the Warriors strategy this year and kind of just leave him open and, you know, rove him about because, I'm sorry, you're three for 19 when you're two for – 14, I don't imagine you getting it going uh, much at that point, so I would have double-teamed Kawhi late in that game when he was just Mr. Automatic Bucket. Now looking at tonight's games, net Sixers, easy on picking the 76ers to go up 2-0. Yes, Jacques Vaughn took uh, offense, was critical about the performance of the rest from last game with Joel Embiid traveling and not calling 
that our offensive fouls on Joel, so he's critical. Maybe even that's a respond. I think it'll be closer, but I think, again, 36ers, just too much. I think they win this game, go up 2-0. Warriors-Kings. Uh, Golden State's two-point favorites. Uh, maybe Vegas knows something I don't. I would like to pick the Kings, uh, but I am going to pick the uh, Warriors. They had a lot of open shots that they missed last game. I don't think Malik Monk will drop another 32-piece. He'll regress. However, I do think some of that slack will be picked up again by Keegan Murray, uh, Herder, who were better in a regular season. Uh, but I do think the Warriors draw even. I think it's a very close, great game. Uh, but I think the Warriors going back to San Francisco, uh, to the Bay Area, uh, it'll be tied 1-1, but this will be another uh, down-to-the-wire fantastic game. And last but not least, the NHL playoffs. NHL playoffs start tonight, so I want to make my prediction. And that's very simple. The Boston Bruins are going to win the whole dang thing. Uh, they are. Uh, they play the Panthers first round. Uh, that's a very easy matchup. I, I'd probably pick them to sweep. Uh, then the other wild card matchup is Carolina against the Islanders. I like Carolina. So on that one, Islanders have not been inspiring at all. New Jersey, the Rangers. Uh, New Jersey's been very good this year. I like New Jersey uh, to beat the Rangers. And then in the other... Eastern Conference matchup, Toronto-Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay's been shaky this year. I like Toronto. I haven't picked Toronto because of their, you know, 20-year, can't get out of a first-round drop. I like Toronto to break through this year. I think they break through. They play Boston. Uh, Boston beats Toronto. They go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Again, the Devils will play Carolina. Devils win. Uh, good regular season series. Devils win. They play the Bruins. That'll be a tight series. But Boston escapes, could go to a Game 7. That'll be as much as they're tested in that series. In the West, uh, I think Edmonton's going to represent. I think Connor McDavid's on a mission. He's been special this year. So Colorado uh, opens and they'll play Seattle. I like Colorado defending champions to win that game. Um, Then Vegas will play the Winnipeg Jets. I think Vegas will win that one. Again, I think Edmonton will beat L.A. Dallas plays Minnesota. Dallas wins. That'll sell up Colorado-Dallas. I think Colorado wins. Edmonton-Vegas. I just think the offensive firepower of Edmonton uh, will outmatch Vegas. Edmonton will play Colorado. Then the defending champions lose. Edmonton wins. Sets up Edmonton versus Boston. Uh, But Boston keeps McDavid from really the only thing he does not have, which is a Stanley Cup on his resume. and he'll still be without that. As again, I think the Bruins cap off with the greatest season in NHL history. And that's it. That's been unbothered. I'm unbothered. I'll talk to you all later. We'll be have a great Monday, great playoff games tonight for NHL and NBA. Bye, everybody.